Mad Twenty Four is that is the card game where there's there's four numbers and then you have to get twenty four as the result. Bro, that's called a multiplying. And that's just just knockoffs. Uh, no, no. See, no. Ushwin, Ushwin's young, bro. Ushwin doesn't remember the Mad Minute. No, I know that. Mad Minute. I was Mad Minute. I was Mad Minute. No, there's no Mad Minute. My math performance. What are you talking? Hold up. Or you never did the math before we start. Bro, Ohio. They don't have technology. No, no, it's not technology. They just hand out sheets of paper. Paper? We didn't have that. (laughs) We wrote on our hands. Hold up, hold up. We wrote a cow to the field, (laughs) and then we carved our answers in corn. I was just like you now. Know who they expect us to go up and be free, watching over our shoulder all our lives. I have something for you. Oh, look. Like real cowboy. Please <laughs> believe that breaking a horse meant crushing the will of the animal. <laughs> Only way you can realize its true spirit is through love. Welcome back to Unwrap, where three cousins discuss the latest in entertainment. My name is Rishi Rajagopalan. I'm Ashwin Ramesh. Arvin Krishnamurthy. Uh, Arvin had to think for a second. It's been a while since we did this. Uh, whether you're I just listening my to name, us bro. on all which podcast platforms, stepping into, or watching our video version on YouTube, rate us, review us, and subscribe to know when we drop new episodes. Today we're going to be unwrapping the new Idris Elba film, Caleb McLaughlin film. Uh, yeah. It's on Netflix currently called Concrete Cowboy. Uh, so I kind of want to start as we usually do with some background on the movie. Uh, this is based off of a book, uh, called ghetto cowboy, um, Mm -hmm. and was written, directed by Ricky Staub, uh, was co-written by Dan Walzer. And so Ricky Staub, this is his first film. Uh, he, his only other IMDb credit in like directing, producing any of that is a 2017 short film, which I think Dan Walzer also worked on. And uh, he was an assistant to a producer that worked with a lot of M. Night Shyamalan films, um, Jarhead and Snow White and the Huntsman. This guy, Sam Mercer, has done a bunch of uh, producing work on films. And so basically this guy, uh, Ricky Staub, moved to Philly for uh, to shoot The Last Airbender. And Mm. so when he was in Philly for M. Night, for M. Night, yeah. Yeah. That didn't turn out so great, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, <laughs> I won't be <laughs> I mean, caught on record slandering M. Night, okay? I, I'm sure yeah. it was a perfectly fine film. I haven't seen it. Philly legend, brown boy legend. I've seen it. That's right. No slander. No slander. <laughs> M. Night, foundational brown yeah. Hollywood figure. Uh, and uh, when he was in Philly, he started this uh, film company called Neighborhood Films, where basically the, the premise is that they take ex-cons and people that have been incarcerated and are now free and train them to work on film sets and to work in crews, which uh, is, you know, a really powerful like goal because crews are like notoriously, that's like a pretty hard process for uh, black crew members, other crew members that aren't part of these like union families. So not even necessarily coming off incarceration, but if you're not inside this, you know, kind of nepotism of, these crew unions, it's really hard to get yeah. to work on these films. So um, that's like pretty commendable. And uh, when he was working on the cage, he met this black cowboy who's in the movie, uh, Jamil Prattis. He's plays Paris in the film, uh, the guy in the wheelchair. And uh, off of that, he started like formulating uh, the idea for 
this movie. Idris had seen the cave and reached out and, you know, Netflix picked it up from Toronto Film Festival. And here we are. This guy, Ricky Staub, uh, it was received very well and is now working on uh, John Wick 4 for Chad Stahelski. So I'm super excited about that. You know, it's John Wick gang over here. Uh, but does yeah, John what, Wick what ever die? Like, how does he, how does he keep going? Oh, John Wick won't die. What are you talking about? It just seems like he, I mean, I'm I'm confused by the question. It just, I feel like he gets in tough (laughs) situations, you know, that eventually you assume it'll catch up to him. Just sort of at the end of John wick two, he gets shot multiple times and pushed off of a skyscraper, uh, lands in a dumpster on the street and uh, gets up and and walks away. So I'm unclear on what exactly you're, (laughs) insinuating here that john wick i mean not. what i'm really saying is frankly like i think people john wick should be studied by i think i think arvin's getting professionals everywhere I, I think arvin's getting uh john wick confused with the classic uh teenage ro- romantic film john tucker must die that's <laughs> so I, think he, I would never get those confused because john but, tucker must die is one of the greatest films of all time and, uh, and john Ush tucker would, will never die Ushwood doesn't john tucker know will this, live on forever I don't think he was here, but me and Arv watched John Tucker See? Must Die literally like in fake. November. In I love that movie. <laughs> what? I love that movie. It's so funny. It's just it's genuinely. Fire. I hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm not serious. joking. I'm not joking. It's elite. Wow. So, 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 so there's no Shanti, reason for, for his, uh, for his. Ashanti's and John Tucker Must Die? Ashanti's and John Tucker Ashanti's in it. She kills it. So is Britney Snow. Britney style. Oh, pitch perfect. Oh, oh, pitch perfect fame. So, yeah, you know, sure. uh, only two degrees of separation from the Unwrapped podcast. Yeah. Britney Snow, you know, shouts to yeah. Prashant Ramesh, Karen Board, previous Unwrapped guest, star Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, but let's talk about this movie, Concrete Cowboy. What did y'all think? Did y'all know about um, these black cowboys in, in Philly, this idea? Because, you know, Schwinn, you're from the area. Yeah, I I had known about it. Like I didn't know many details or anything like that. I didn't know about the history or um, you know, even like geographically where in Philly they were at. But uh but I had heard about them. I'd heard about um this group of black cowboys and you know, them kind of setting out to sort of change the narrative on like what cowboys traditionally are and you know, trying to, I guess, um, you know, retell and unearth this sort of erased history uh about them. But no, yeah, I wasn't like super familiar. Heard nothing. Never didn't even know it was a thing until I read what the movie is about. I like, yeah, it's, and I mean, I didn't grow up that far away. Obviously I had some connection to Philly. I feel like it's probably not that well known. Right. Yeah. That's my sense. I'd heard of them, you know, in the South and Texas in like Southern California, you know, they have the Compton Cowboys. I'd heard of that, but I didn't realize that it stretched all the way up North um, to Philly, which is, is really interesting. And they talk a little bit about kind of the origins of it um, previously. And it's just funny to think that this like tradition is literally carried on since people rode in, in horse carriages. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's funny to think of how long this history is, you know, and how short it is at the same time. Bro, but didn't you, I mean, I don't know if it's jumping too far ahead. Like, didn't you feel like that was, I, I wanted way more of that. I wish that was more centrally like focused. Obviously I get, you know, you got Idris, you got, you know, you're trying, you're trying to tell like a broad appeal story, but I was like, I was super intrigued by the history of the place. And like, I felt like it was, it was given in just like a spurt. And then it kind of just was like, once, once you 
got past the shock and you're like, oh, I get, I get where this is coming from. It's like, it never really got, it, it wasn't dove into fully after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause uh, the thing, one of the things Stahl did is he has a lot of actual cowboys from this yeah, area, which is super film, cool. Super which cool. Is, it's something like the Safties do it a lot. Just having that, like, I didn't know that regular people casting, like all through uncut gems are like real dudes that live or that work in the diamond district Whoa, that actually do this. I had stuff. no idea. That's, yeah, that's yeah. sick. That's sick. And so it's, I think they call it street casting where it's like, you just kind of find guys that actually work in this industry, actually live in this community and cast them in the film. So honestly, aside from the three kind of top level castings, which is Idris, uh, Caleb McLaughlin and Jarrell Jerome, uh, most of the and Cowboys, Method Man and Method Man. And, uh, Are you saying you Method, know, Man was Method, Method Man was a cowboy? Method Man was a cowboy? I mean, I'll accept that. <laughs> You're right. You're right. We can't, we can't forget math, but, uh, most of the people there were actual cowboys. So there's, there's Byron Bowers, who's a, a comedian, but like I said, um, Jamil Prattis was in it. He's a real cowboy. Um, the young girl that's in it that plays kind of the pseudo love interest for Kayla McLaughlin. She's a real cowboy. Um, and a lot of those other dudes that are just hanging out are, are actual cowboys in the area. So we did get like a little bit of that background in that one scene where they're all like sitting around the fire. Uh, which was a sick scene. Shows up, which was dope. Sick That's scene. kind of my, one of my best scene, best, best scene for me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we didn't get a ton of like a, a, a history lesson outside Dude, of it. No, we didn't. Not really. Which I don't know if I was too mad at, but let's, let's talk about the casting. Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, Idris uh, kind of reached out to him and originally uh, it's been reported that he wanted to cast basically the entire thing with real uh, cowboys. And then Idris reached out and was like, I want to be a part of it. And then he, it kind of became a bigger thing. Uh, Kayla McLaughlin, who probably broke out in Stranger Things. Uh, yeah, I certainly sure. hadn't heard of him before then. Yeah, um, He's in it and he gives a great, like, I think this is kind of Kayla McLaughlin's like breakout, breakout roles, like a serious young yeah. actor. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like, they played him a little older than he was. Cause like, didn't you feel like he was hanging around like people mostly like much older than him throughout the entire film? Yeah. I mean, so there's also Jarrell Jerome who's, you know, gotta be 10 plus he's years in his twenties. Right. And I looked it up. Jarrell Jerome's 23. Caleb McLaughlin's 19. What? Oh, wow. I would have thought they, it was like 16 that's the power. That's, you know what that is? That's the power of a connecting beard, bro. That's the that's power of connecting beard. <laughs> throw you up five years, bro. No, I'm playing. This is I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> no, no, I agree with that. That's 100 percent true. Yeah, but uh, okay, that's interesting because I I think they play him as like a middle school kid, right? No, 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 not middle school. school, bro. Dude, I think it's early like high 16, school, like 16, early 17. Okay, it's no, not I'm thinking like clear. solid sixteen. Okay, seventeen. Gotcha. Bro. I mean, it's yeah. The he premises like centrally around he gets kicked out of his home school, not home, not home school. <laughs> the school is mom's. Well, he gets then, kicked out of school and kicked out of his home. Yeah, it's uh, actually the double. You yeah. know, that's really kicking someone when they're down. It's like this kid kicked out of school. You're like, no, you didn't just get kicked out of school. You got kicked out of your home also. Yeah, bro. It's a it's a pretty Whoa, like, classic setup for a film. Very classic, right? Is that like it, it, fish out of water? It, you've been messing yeah. up at home. You're going to live with dad. It it is just like a little bit funny to me though that like you know it's like, Oh, he's like this like reckless kid. And you know, he might get in trouble, you know, the streets of Detroit are dangerous. So let's move him to North Philly where it's a lot safer. Yeah, and, uh, right. you know, there, there, well, there won't be any, uh, any sort of distractions or like problems that could arise in Philadelphia. 
why would that happen? So it's right, just like right, kind of exactly. funny. It's not like she like took him out, you know what I'm saying, of a situation and moved him in with the grandparents who live by the creek, you know, four, 40 miles away. Nah, she right. just went it's from Detroit like going to, to Philly. Farm, farm, right? You're still, yeah, going bro. It's city, like big city. It's just a lateral, lateral trade right there. (laughs) But that's the cool thing about this, this like subculture is that like, it's in the city. Like we don't think about horses. That was what I was saying. I was like, what? In the city. Yeah. Right. right, right. I I mean, but it's like, you can't obviously isolate yourself in that bubble. I'm just bullshitting. That's one of the central tensions of the film, right? Is it But don't you, isn't your assumption always been just like horses are only a thing in rural area like very distinctly Bro. rural areas with large amounts of unoccupied land that's always yes, been my but no because bro the the daily show office was right next to one of those like horse stables in the city where it's like you know where, where they take cases, them out for the wagon the carriage rides and shit the, like the carriage yeah, cabins. Yeah, yeah. you tell me truckers bro, so hopping like, on Bro, every time, I'd, every day I'd walk to the office and just smell horse shit like as I'm approaching the door. <laughs> Which speaking you know, of horses in the city, great John Wick scene in John Wick 3. Oh my God. He breaks oh into the stables God. and is riding he's the horse. He's, John Wick is on a horse. Six people pull up on motorcycles, pull out swords and are trying to kill John Wick as he's riding on a horse. Is John Wick set in seventeen twenty? Why? What is this? Sword it's unclear. Sword v horse. Can't fight? tell where or when John Wick is set. He it he seemingly travels. It's through a timeless time. tale. Okay. Yeah, I it's feel, an alternate that. reality version yeah. of of a big city like New York. You know, mm. and it's incredible every every moment <laughs> of it. I do have a couple criticisms of this movie. Uh, one of which being sort of to what Arvin had said earlier. I think maybe it was sort of biting off a bit too much, like too much that you can't really chew. And I thought it could have been serviced better by focusing a little bit. And, um, but one of the things that straight up just acting wise didn't work, I felt like Jarrell Jerome crushed it. Caleb Blockman crushed it. And Idris to me wasn't working. No, one of his, yeah, I didn't think he was that good. He was like, because like they tried to have a couple scenes where it was like, yo, you're going to see his chops now. Like the first of all, in general, there was some weird stuff that reminded me of Fresh Prince with this film where it was like one, the plot of like moving, although in this case he's moving to Philly, but, right. but second, the scene where, where Caleb's like, how come you don't love me or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That reminded me of the uncle. Phil. That, like, that should remind me of you fences, bro. I fences, thought that, that also reminded me yeah. of fences too, where he's like, how come you don't like me? And then, and then he's bro, like, but he just like didn't you. bring I it there. Like you. Yeah. Like you. He just yeah. didn't bring it there. I didn't think he was that. Like, it just didn't feel no, like a, a real dynamic. That, a lot of that to me was the script, bro. Like, the script I thought was low key, booty, <laughs> mid, bro. I don't mid. think it was very Not good even at all. Mid. Even bro, like every <laughs> opportunity for them to dig below the surface, they just it's they cop out, no, bro. Like, like yeah. in that scene, he says, "How come you don't? How come you don't love? Or why don't you love me?" Right? Yeah. And instead of get in in the trenches you know what i'm saying yeah. getting in his bag he, he goes puts the record on he's like do you know who this is and it's like bro come on bro you heard that john like, coltrane bro. No, it was just, no it was the same thing with the love interest dynamic which is like sort of that just was like, so random bro. it just popped up never explained yeah. never fully concluded either it just no. sort of went there Bro, this is it, uh, it so seemed we're, unclear we're, we're, on what they wanted to follow. Like I, I, I think at its core, this could have been like a father-son movie 
which is kind of what I was looking at going into it. Like yeah, having seen yeah. just the general bio mm-hmm. of what the film is about is like this kid who's grown up apart from his father is entering this new city, entering, uh, uh, you know, going under the care of his father and they managed to find a connection over this, you know, within this subculture of Philadelphia. Right. And it also could have been uh, like, Caleb McLaughlin struggles with, you know, Jarrell Jerome pulling him to the streets versus this culture that um, has helped a lot of people get off the streets. And there's that tension. It could have also been the tension of um, this subculture of horse riding in Philadelphia is under attack by gentrification. Gentrification. I thought that's where it was going to go. Buying up everything. Like yeah. I thought that was also a very powerful theme in this movie. Just to do and it then all. there's also the thing that I personally don't find interesting and didn't want in this film, but the idea of Caleb McLaughlin finding romance with this girl in the stables. And I, I felt like they hedged between all four of those yep. and wasn't Heavy. able to really service any of them properly. And the one they did the best with was the Jarrell Jerome storyline. But even that I felt wasn't quite enough. We didn't get enough because one of the things that I noticed uh, partially like when they reunite after Method Man chases them and then when Caleb and him meet back up, and he's like, yo, it's just us two. Like, we're going to find this ranch. So I was like, yo, this dude, Jarrell Jerome, has no friends here. And I thought but, bro, it, his character was really interesting. I was like, yo, who is this guy that he's working? He's moving through the city. He's going to these parties, meeting with these people. But at the same time, like, he has nobody in his circle. More fam- he has like, this what family. The stables. Yeah. And, like, I wanted so much more of that and to understand what the human, like, story was there. And we didn't really get it. Yeah, bro. That well, that's what like to me. That's a, a largely like a failure of the script. I think yeah. like yeah, you know what I'm saying because like you you mentioned you were like yo Jarrell Jerome like killed it right and like I, yeah I think he did a great job like he was really emotional and like that was great but the way he was written was so weird to me like yeah. he was so like like volatile not but like in a in a in a weird way like like he would just like get like super intense and then just like fall back. You know what I'm saying? And like, even like, yeah, with the whole, like the whole time, bro, he's just like, yo, it's, I got you. It's you and me. It's just you and me. Like, but they haven't seen each other in so many years. Yeah. It was random, not explained either. Like, like, and then all of a sudden he's like, yo, he knows he's been living at the stables. He knows he's been doing all this horse work. Never comes up that he's used to be the best rider at the stables. Like, bro, like it was just poorly, poorly written to me. And like, you I'm sorry, but like you see that, that, you know, you see his fate from the second they meet yeah, in terms of like, of course, don't go riding around with smush. And it's like, boom, you like, know you exactly know exactly what's going to happen. Especially, it was just so weird. It was weird. No, dude, even just like the weird, it felt like, first of all, that their relationship was often felt so isolated where it was like, and they were doing weird shooting things, right? I was in, uh, genuinely, I'm not even kidding. Reminded me of some weird fight club bullshit where I was like, is this guy real? Like, what is going on? Because they, they just have these like, str- like super Smush strange dirty. moments. Yeah, where it was like Smush, like Smush just like disappears and they'll just like show, you know, you're like, you don't know exactly where he went. I don't know. I just, it was just like the most confusing dynamic that felt like it was both isolated and then they tried to make it part of the community story and then it did it just didn't work. Bro, to me, like, no joke. Part of me, maybe it's just because also like, you know what I'm saying? The first, 
I think the only other thing I've seen Jarrell Jerome in is Moonlight, right? But yeah. Yeah. to me, like the whole like, yo, it's just you and me, like you and that's me, nobody <laughs> else allowed at our ranch. I was, was like, that's what's crazy. Oh, is this like some this sort of, yeah, there's some, <laughs> like, there's some ranch, homosexual okay? rigmarole going on here. And I don't know what, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I don't like, know. It just I felt was a little also odd. like, during the movie, so I was like, is this just because the last like, thing I saw him in was Moonlight? Or like, is there I something going on? I swear, bro, it's. It yeah. was so intense too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're like, if you're with one of your like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh geez, your rider dies, right? Like your, your best friends, you'll be like, yo, like you're my brother. I love you. But he was just like, yo, it's just you and me allowed at the ranch. <laughs> nobody <laughs> else. We're going to get a place out far away and nobody else is allowed. And I was right. like, what? Yeah, it was kind of Caleb wild. would just, also, Caleb would just stand there and be like, years. okay. Cool. <laughs> but the cool. age, the age difference made it weird though, because I kept thinking it was he was trying to be the like I thought it was they were trying to say like yo your dad doesn't love you but I'll love you for your dad like I'll be your dad because I thought they were like twelve years apart in age. Uh, if that if they're twelve years apart in age, I'm trying to see Smush's flight manifest. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I need the flight logs because I was definitely picking up on some. Yeah, they they play him very like. He's the you dude that's very he nervous. Could be either. I couldn't he, tell could whether either. he was the, the the best friend, the older brother figure, or the low key lover. I didn't know yeah, that's what it was. was. And yeah. then Loki might have been all three. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been all three at the same time. Just the last thing, like casting wise, bro. I don't know if y'all felt the same way, but Lorraine Toussaint, who played um, Nessie, Nessie, bro, right? I thought. I mean, she's a legendary actress. You know what I'm saying? Seen her in Law and Order, all these things. Bro, I thought her performance was very flat. I'm not going to well, lie. I, I liked it. Mm. I liked it. I thought it was super... Like, she she just didn't have much emotion. She was very monotone the whole time, I thought. Bro, I don't know I, if she really had too much to do. Dude, the writing was so bad. It was just like the... But, like, even like, in, like... Hey, I'm going to tell you how this place works. My role in this is to just tell saying, you how everything bro. works. Right. And I was like... Yeah. You're just the expository character, yeah, like, whatever. Yeah. You know, but, like, yeah, like, even in, like, the moment where the horse is on the baseball field, which was a straight comedic moment to me, bro. No, baseball bro, players just chilling on the sideline for 15. And then they start anyway. playing Red Rover. There's, like, everyone for them. Uh, bro, no, okay. Bro, and then, so and that's then, one of the pivotal anyway, scenes of the movie, Idris, which I want to stop but, but yeah, that but really Idris quickly. Is, I, Idris is up, you know, trying to like whatever wrangle the horse, yeah. and then she's like, so "No, we all know whose horse this is." <laughs> okay, it's like, so Bro, first so of all, weak. I want to say that the horse baseball scene really worked for me only because what? I was so nervous as to like, yo, how did they shoot this with this horse? Not because like the horse CGI, is bucking it. Right? They Caleb had to be CGI. I don't know if they had that kind of budget. It's a t- inter- independent Toronto film. film festival movie. They didn't I have the know. Netflix budget. And like he's running past, he's bucking at Caleb, he's bucking at Idris. Caleb's getting tossed off the horse. Like, and all of that is within frame, like in a wide. And I was like, yo, how did they shoot this? Like, did somebody get hurt? Like, I, I, it wasn't within the, the story Rich, of the movie at all. You got but it. I was just like bugging watching. It was it. so funny though. Like, it'd be like the, the, the thing would be like bucking, like kicking its feedback. They'd be like, everyone, you can't stand too close. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on? Okay, but there was also, as we're talking about Lorraine Toussaint, like I think her expo- like her exposition kind of undercut a lot of the tension in the movie because she tells yeah. uh, Caleb McLaughlin, like, this, you know, Bo is yours now in the first 10 minutes of the film. <laughs> and so then it's like, okay, this moment, like they've been telling him that the horse is his this entire movie. So I'm not really, and we haven't seen a lot of scenes of him like scared of the horse or like, you know, nervous about the horse. Like I was thinking about um, 
one of the goat Pixar films, one of the most underrated films. I think it's it might be DreamWorks actually. Uh, but Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Never saw it. Right? Bro. It's a great this, movie. This the one, this the one with, the bro, the Brian Adams soundtrack, bro. My friend is I huge on that. It's a Hans Zimmer, Brian Adams soundtrack. It's a Hans Zimmer, Brian Adams soundtrack. I ain't seen it, but I've Brian heard it's a Brian Adams classic. sounds like a, a MLB relief pitcher, okay? I wait, have no on. idea who this guy hold is. Hold on. Wait, you haven't even seen it, but you were like, yo, <laughs> I ain't seen this, but the word of the Brian that Adams Brian Adam got soundtrack, though. <laughs> But Bro, uh, it's a I'm great film you, I'm telling and they you have like a tension is, of like, uh, interestingly, kind of parallel to this film, they have the tension of like these white settlers, like trying to break this, this wild stallion. Right. And he's like digging his spurs into him and like, they can't break the horse. And then they have this native American dude who I can't remember if they have him prisoner or what, or what the story is, yeah. but he's able to like, like befriend the horse and then he rides the horse. Right. And like, there's a lot of tension there. Like who's going to break the horse. The horse is like you know kicking people across the stable like finally this guy's able to connect and so there's a lot like i just felt all the themes come so close and then not quite connect yeah because one of the the things yeah brian adams is the songwriter for summer of 69 that's his song right someone needs to stop this classic That's a class. I, I don't know, know that song. Of course, it's a classic. It's the but summer it's... of '69. Okay, but you know that song for a reason, Grace. No, that's no, not. That's no. not from Greece, bro. This come on, Rishi, stop playing. It's a classic. Dog. Come it's a classic. On. You know, no, Rishi doesn't respect don't know the classics, bro. You know he doesn't. What, bro, Rishi? I thought Rishi, bro. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You know, summer of '69 is right. Summer of '69 is right up there with what is it? 1984 by the Smashing Pumpkins as the best year song titles. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, is that is that the one where it's a uh, uh, um uh the bro? I know it's time out. 1984. I know it's time out. Yeah, it's just it's and then and wait, no. and 1985 by Bully. No, that's, but that's Bully. That's Bully for soup. That's out of 1985. <laughs> yeah, is that the one that's on like the hood 19, of White Snake's 19, car? Yeah, 1985. That's what we're talking that about. I think there's also there's also yeah. a Smashing Pumpkins talking about when they're like teenagers. I know about all the Smashing Pumpkins. I know about Bowling for Campbell's Bowling for Soup goes hard though. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that 1985 song was Blink 182. Yeah, bro. No, nah, actually, that's, bro, that's I'm all the small kidding. things. Classic. Yeah, one time Thanks. we just need to play Rishi like some of the classic bops that are just yeah. like he, he obviously has no clue about, and I'm curious about bro, his reaction. I feel like I missed out on a lot of like Caucasian ballads. And I'm, I'm I feel, yeah, yeah, I feel like you would know it, though, being from North Carolina. But yeah, you know, you were really Dude, tapped you, in. You just, huh? There's some top tier white white folks music, and like you gotta you gotta p- take that stuff and you know, yeah. bump it. Oh, for sure, bro. For sure. Yeah, listen, Sweet Caroline, bro. Every time, Sweet no. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's not let's not rile them up. All right, I'm still in Ohio. We don't need to be talking about that Sweet Caroline talk. You understand? But uh, oh, all right, back to the film. <laughs> uh, some of the theme. Okay, one of the themes that I really liked that I think also didn't fully connect for me was the idea of like ownership, and so this kind of goes towards how they're talking about the horses, right? Yeah. To where like when white folks broke horses, they would try and break them down and show them that they own them, right? Well, whereas we don't feel an ownership over these horses, we're trying to build an organic bond with them, right? Yeah. And then I think that transferred over to what they were going through in the city and with like real estate and everything like that. Cause like one of the really powerful moments in this movie to me was when they're all, when Method Man's coming up and talking to them and they're like, yo, you don't own any of this. Like none of this is yours. Y'all just yeah. live here. You know what yeah. I mean? 
And I thought that idea of ownership and that angst of like, that's not the way to live. Like as we've learned bonding with these animals, like it's not about owning owning each other. It's not about owning, like being able to break someone down and saying, I own you. Me, whereas at the same time, that's what like gentrification and the city is doing to push them out of their their homes. And I thought that was a really interesting theme um, that I I wanted explored like a little bit more, maybe some, you know, having some more dialogue about it, having that uh, like symbology a little bit more uh, highlighted that I felt wasn't. Yeah, they just try to do too much, bro. Because like it was even it was really shown when like they're trying to wrap things up at the end, and there's like this whole like yo like you know what we might be getting displaced, but like we we're always family, we'll always rebuild that kind of idea. Yeah, but it was like it was really forced when, for example, like there's clearly some tension between Idris and his ex-wife, and then she just like shows up, shows up and, and then, hugs him at the end, and yeah. then he's like, it's all good, and it's like not clear why, and it's like yo like. You don't have to tell the family story and the story of like gentrification and and neighborhoods. Yeah, being, yeah. And, I was like, why did she show up? Communities of color yeah. being displaced. Like it, it could have been, it could have just been one of those, and probably should yeah. have just been been one of those. And so it made it. And I think it even with Jarrell Jerome, like we're talking about, kind of his his like intense like manic energy. Yeah. But I think that character, as I understood it, was like this dude that is not in control. Like he's yeah. trying to front like he, you know, lion chasing rhinos. Like, what does he care about rabbits? Like, I have all these real estate ideas. Like, I am going to own something. But at the end of the day, he's not in control of himself or any of his surroundings. Yeah. Right. And he can be taken just like that, you know, in, in an instant. And so I thought that general theme of like ownership and control and ability to like be stand in your place was like really, really interesting. And could have been like a through line that connected all of those things. Granted, cutting the kind of romance stuff and the family reunion stuff, which I didn't think was necessary in the first place. I, yeah. I think thematically you're spot on, Rishi. And like that, those, you could see subtle undertones there that, you know what I'm saying? Um, captured that essence. But I feel like, honestly, what you're saying is a bit of an extrapolation in a sense because the, the film really never actually cut deep underneath the surface in my opinion like with a lot of those things like I, i'm i'm gonna keep it a buck with y'all right like i started watching this last night i fell asleep so i had to finish yeah. watching it today while i was watching it fell asleep again i had to run it back i was like bro like it, i don't know it's just because like okay right we're talking about movies just under two hours right i think hour mm. 51 yeah, yeah right they're trying to do way too much we talked about that why then do you spend the first 40 minutes on him, you know, 40 minutes, right? Of that 40, tw- at least 20, 25 minutes is him just walking around with two trash bags from place to place. <laughs> like we get, we get it, right? Okay. You know what I'm saying? You're establishing the setting, you're establishing some of the conflicts, the tension. You ain't got to keep doing that. Like every, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like they were really pressing that point. And then like another thing, right? I know they're, they're establishing that friendship, his integration into the community when, you know, he's with Paris and he's, you know, shoveling the shit, right? We don't have to see him shovel shit for 15 minutes. Like, that doesn't have to, like, I'm a big, like, take it, like, be authentic with it, you know, slice of life, you know, fly on the wall. I love that. Yeah. But like, you have to understand what's driving the themes and the plot of the film as well, right? You can't just 
have you know running shots of the most mundane stuff happening when there's so much bubbling under the surface that you need to cut cut into right yeah and speaking of the shoveling shit scene one of the things that really took me out of uh, my immersion in this film this man is stepping in shit in his new threes in every single scene. He's dropping I shit on the sneakers. And at the this. beginning of the it. next scene, they are spotless. Yeah. Every, like yeah. they had one time where they show him like rubbing it with like a dirty rag and they're spotless in the next scene. He's no, out yeah. with Jarrell yeah. at the party and they're like, oh, my pops got it for me. Ooh, those are clean. And I'm like, no, they're not clean. You've been dumping shit on your shoes <laughs> every time we see you at the stables. And I don't know if I'm here for that. I would think he at least have like, an alternate pair, an alternate, you know, shove, shit shoveling shoes. You know, everyone should. He have should. A pair of those. He should. Everyone should I don't know why. You know, you're going to work at the stables. I don't know why you're wearing your new pair of threes. Bro, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that that and another thing is like, bro, like in that scene when, like, you know, what I'm saying the whatever kingpin or drug dealer, you know, character yeah. is Jalen, so right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Jay, bro. Jay. And then and then he he walks up to him. He's like, "Those sneaks are hot. Are those Jays?" <laughs> bro, no, come on, bro. Come on, right, the fam, three like, is like one of the most popular like Jordan profiles. You know threes bro, if you know what sneakers are. Yeah, right. And it's like it's like on the one hand you have him sounding like a forty year old like you know suburban white dad out are of those touch. Lit? Like, yeah, sneaks are hot. Are those Jace? And then two seconds later, they're trying to cram as much Philly slang into a sentence as possible. Where he's like, "Yeah, I like those Johns, young bull, but this other bull John needs to go." John, like I'm like, bro, stop! It's so corny. Stop. All right, so like they were sprinkling we, we it in with, with, with Smush's character. They were sprinkling it in. You know, what I'm saying some of the cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah But yeah. then this dealer character is like, "Johns are hot, bull. Are you gonna cop some? How'd you cop the pop? Hey, bro, cop Wall the Johns, young nice junior bull? These parts, bro." <laughs> <laughs> bro, deadass, the, the place where he got popped outside of, I'm, I swear that's a Wawa because that that's the exact profile, but they obviously changed it for the mm. the shop, but I bro, swear I that's the exact really profile of Wawa's. I should memorize the architectural layout of all Wawa's. Bro, you know, you know if, you, if you know, you know. Like, no, you would know what a cookout yeah, looks like. That's a specific profile. You know what I'm saying? That's you true. would know what a cookout looks like. But uh, we that's should true. talk about it because Jarrell Jerome aside, who I thought did a really good job, Idris, uh, the accent was failing him, bro. He was a little mandem was sneaking in every now and then. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, and man, I was sneaking in. He was like, hey, young boy, you're going to clean the stables in it. And I was like, hey, hold on, Idris. <laughs> we'll talk like, like that on he, this side. He's of the like, pod. yo, those creps are hot. I mean, sneaks are hot. <laughs> <laughs> Stop hanging out after tea time. I am curious how much say, um, you know, what I'm saying some of the the real Fletcher Sheet riders that were yeah. in the film, such yeah. as Paris, had in terms of like, um, you know, just the story in general and like the rank. Cause I mean, obviously once you get to the shooting portion of a film, yeah, there can be minor, you know, adjustments and rewrites, but you're not changing central things, but like just in terms of, you know what I'm saying? The dialogue and like how they were depicting some of these characters. I'm curious what kind of input they had. I mean, it was clear, uh, the names and stuff, they're all written from, uh, Greg Nary's book, right? Ghetto Cowboy. Yeah. But, uh, it seemed like a lot of those like conversational moments, like especially Byron Bowers, he's the one that, that races Idris in the movie and is like, cracking a lot of the jokes it's clear that that's all like improv right that doesn't seem written at all maybe byron bowers is just an incredible actor but he's a very gifted comedian and it doesn't seem uh you know that unreal to me that that stuff would have been they would have been like yeah make up a funny story about how your horse's buck teeth won you the race <laughs> you know some shit like that and he's able to like riff and things like that but the actual written portions to me seemed definitely a little bit lacking yeah 
No. I completely agree. Dude, yeah, I don't know. It just it, it, a lot yeah. of this, like the setup and the tension, and like a lot of it just felt very predictable and like cliche and very manufactured. Yeah, the, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And even like, bro, like the you're talking about the horse um in the baseball on the baseball diamond scene, right? And like that's a pivotal scene in the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it is. like a lot of it was like, okay, cool, but I don't know, bro. It was just like weird, like you know what I'm saying? They're, they're trying to wrangle the horse. You know, Cole has his big moment, whatever. And then he's like on the horse. And instead of like, okay, like, let's get out of here now. And then him like, and, uh, him, him and, uh, him and <laughs> all the baseball players disappear. Yeah, they him all and his love interest like, start gone. to have like a moment. Ooh, like they weird, start to have bro. a moment on the horses. <laughs> and the baseball players are just like, where are they? And then it's they're, like they raining. Disappear. And then, the, apparently a rain delay was called and they all evaporated from the close up to the wide. <laughs> Bro, like it's just, yeah and, and they, and they tried to like, thread like a him taming the 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 wild horse and then also the him like finding romance with this girl and then also randomly they like toss in like parsley like him standing on the saddle and that's supposed yeah. to be a big moment at the end i was like you have to support that with him trying him forming a bond with the horse jerell jerome telling him some tips like you have to develop that more for that to be like the big moment at the funeral where he stands on the horse because it just seems like he never really tried and then he just got up on the horse you know yeah it just it just shows like they were so they weren't um very artistic or or like they didn't naturally weave themes you know yeah like, and it, there's it like showed- a similar thing where i think method man they fake us out with like a like police lights going off or a flashlight showing yep. up yeah, and yeah, it's method exactly. man like four exactly. times in the movie yep. yep and first of all i i was like eh, i don't really appreciate this as like a attention device right like the cops show up and oh it's just method man you know but at the same and also like just the repetitiveness of it by the time it happened in the stables i was like oh guess who it is it's probably method man and then no it's just like every central theme even like dude at the beginning when uh caleb's in the car with with his with jarell and like they have that and jarell's like yo like you know it's great you're home and he's like it's not home and then he's like hey man home it's wherever your fam is. And he's like, that guy's not my fam. He's like, yeah, he is. He loves you. And then they cut to the end and the guy's like, I know we've lost our home, but the thing about home is it's wherever your fam is. And it's like, all right, we already heard the speech. I get the point you're trying to make, but you didn't have to do it in the it's literal full same circle. way. Yeah. Okay? Full yeah. circle moment. It's like, I'm he surprised was like the hard times come before good times. Uh, yeah. Full circle didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah so it's just like stuff like that you're like i you know i feel like i've been down this path before bro i kind of know everything that's gonna happen another thing that that i was thinking about right and going back to like idris and the 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 kind of confrontation scene between him and cole right like cole is saying you know you you build a custom saddle for a cripple and you you're helping out all these people you know what i'm saying like why don't you you can't even put food in the fridge for me and this dude does not address the fact that he's just not providing basic needs for his son. And instead, he's like, let's listen to some jazz. Like, bro, I don't know. It was just a weird, like, they were trying to be on some fake deep shit, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, Idris is a terrible father, bro. Like, you can't. Terrible, <laughs> sorry, bro. I'm, terrible. I'm supposed to root for this guy? Bro, also, like. <laughs> Why does he have the fr- horse in his house? T- Why? Yeah. Why is that horse in his house? Pr- t- very unclear. Also. <laughs> Talking about, you know, you were talking about the sneaks earlier, the sneaks, uh, the, some continuity issues. <laughs> Those bro, hot fire. They're, 
bro there were multiple times where like Idris got like a roach in his mouth and then you cut back and it's just a full cigarette again. <laughs> it's like, what? And then, bro, there were times dead ass, I swear, where it looks like he has a J in his mouth, right? Like it looks like, or like somebody like hand rolled tobacco, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. This, those type of cigarette papers. And then you cut back and then it's like a normal stoke. And then you cut back. And it's like, bro, it's like, what's going on? Is he smoking? Is he smoking? Is he smoking? Like, like producer stuff on like such a small film. Though. I'm not really good to like, you know. No, I'm bro, not that saying that's like like the central point. Throughout this movie. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying that's a central point, but it was like, because they clearly made that like his thing, right? Like, it's yeah, just yeah, like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, Bunk got smoking. his cigars. Like, he had th- th- this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, it was just like, I don't know, bro. to the wire. I mean, she, she, well, uh, any final thoughts on the film? I think, uh, we've been talking a lot about the thing, the drawbacks, but I did think it was a nice, like slice of life film. Learned a lot about a community that I didn't really know about. Um, and it kind of spurred me to look into, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff around the film and the subculture and learn a lot about it. Um, as a film, I mean, once again, I think Caleb McLaughlin is headed for great things. He's like yeah. one of our really great up and coming young, young actors. It's actually young and isn't like, you know, 32 when he when he breaks out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jarrell Jerome, I'm buying season tickets, to be honest. I think he he really like took what was character not a actor. ton to work with and, Likeable. Likeable and blew the doors off. Just charisma, you know, uh, I think he's great. Um, Idris. No, you could have brought times. it a little bit more on this, I, I, The but, thing is still, bro, know. I just love, I love Idris, bro. I, I do, love Idris. I do. I do. And I know he can rap better than he did in the movie because yeah, we've, all, we've all heard his Idris rap. Bro, listen, I don't Ballsy. care. I don't Ballsy. care if after, after every time he drops a young bull, he drops it in it because that's my guy, bro. Like, no, he, it's he okay if he's like, him. listen up, bruv. Take those Johns somewhere. Like, no, I don't even mind, bro. That's Idris. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I, he's kind of in an interesting career point, right? Because I feel like he he got held down a lot by the like, is he is he not going to be James Bond stuff? And then like recent, he's been in a couple like just weird like the Dark Tower. This was uh, kind of a strange one for him to be in. Yeah, he's he's actually in a lot of weird not movies. the focus at all. Like he's bro, like right? Of, he didn't have he had like three lines big. the first hour of the movie. No, he's not that big of a deal. Like he's like not. I don't think he's the lead in any sense. No, yeah, I don't. No, I don't he's think not, he's a he's he, in this movie. In terms of purely lines in the film, he's probably honestly like third or fourth. I'd say third. Yeah, so it's like nuts. <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, gonna read. I'm gonna read through so Idris's past few movies. Okay. Okay. So he's coming up in the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. James Gunn's take on Suicide Squad, which we all hopefully saw it's and did not like. Pr- isn't he playing Deadshot? He's replacing Will Smith. No, right? no, he's playing a different character, but he is. <laughs> essentially replacing Will Smith. Uh, but he's not he's not coming as Deadshot. Um then Concrete Cowboy. And then Fast and before that, 2019, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Uh he was what? a coach in, in you, NBA you, 2K20. Uh before then, uh, you know, Boasty video short. Uh interest person that is is Luther. But then before then, Avengers Infinity War as Heimdall, the legend. Uh, before that, Thor Ragnarok as Heimdall. Dude, uh, then the mountain so, between so us. In, go ahead. No, so he's in Marvel. He's in MCU and DCU. Yeah, he, this yeah. is everywhere. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, the mountain between us, which is that movie with uh, Kate Winslet, where like they get mm. stuck on a mountain, which it's I like watched. Some, yeah, it's it's actually like, a pretty good film. Some like Civil War stuff, right? It's not a so. No, I think it, it's modern day, but like they're I'm playing. Cold, am I thinking of Cold Mountain? <laughs> 
What did yeah, the cold the mountain mountain? between it. I'm pretty sure this is the the Kate Winslet movie where like they crash. He flies yeah, her out think, in a small plane. My bad, y'all. I'm thinking of cold like mountain, mountain for sure. The Nicole Kidman Jude Law joint. Okay. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? It's nah, it's like they get stuck. It's like no. maybe. <laughs> I, I, never mind. Never mind. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's I should fine, have watched the Cold Mountain apparently. Oh my god! Before that, bro, Molly's the funny thing is, I ain't even seen that film, bro. <laughs> what you I just, just I, I mixed them up. He's tapped into anything up. Nicole Kidman, Jude Law, when is here for it. Jude Law, I'm big Jude Law guy. Dude, right. I should, like, dude, you should check out Pope? Captain Marvel. Jude Law young also Pope in that went scene. so hard, bro. Young Pope bro, was I'm, amazing. I've been trying to watch Young Pope, bro. <laughs> young, Pope, <laughs> young Pope series review on the pod. Hey, unwrap listeners, if you got an HBO Max password, plug Young Schwinn. He's, he's just trying to get this Young Pope watch off. <laughs> he's you trying know? to get this Young Pope. This Kincaid is Caldwell Young Max. Pope, okay? <laughs> this Jabuki Young Pope, okay? Uh, and then before that, The Dark Tower, which is... God awful. I think I watched it on a plane. Uh, and then like Finding Dory, Star Trek. It, it just seems oh. weird. Like that that goes all the way back to 2016, Jungle Book, and then Zootopia. And then you get Beasts of No Nation in 2015. So I really don't understand exactly where Idris is trying to go or what he's trying to do. It seems like a lot of high IP, like low, um, you know, I don't necessarily want to say that big budget invalidates like artistic value, but... Uh, something like Concrete Cowboy seems like a, a step off of the path that he's been yeah, working the sure. last like five years or so, uh, which is kind of interesting. I haven't seen Luther, but um, a lot of people say that it's it's good. But I don't know. He, he seems like he's in a in a strange place in, in his career. Dude, a low number of leads in that list, like yeah. of recent things, which yeah. is like kind of strange because you think of him as like, yo, this is one of the leading dudes. Yeah. So for sure, uh, in- interesting. Yeah. Any other any other thoughts on Concrete Cowboy? I mean, I would just say that I think it's great that they shine shined a light on you know I'm saying this community cool and um, you know like you said there were some great performances in it. Hopefully, it's a big launch pad for Caleb McLaughlin and for um, for Jarrell Jerome. But all in all, I think tried to do too many things. The script yeah. was subpar in my opinion. Um, you know, just didn't cut below the surface, did a lot of cliche kind of cop outs in my opinion. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't as captivating as I was hoping for it. You know, it wasn't as immersive as I was hoping for. Um, you know, so I think they, the props to them for, for trying to, you know what I'm saying? Uplift this community and definitely put them on the map in a lot of senses. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, as a whole, the film was, a you know, Royal Family, Pippa Middleton type beat, you know, very mid. Uh, topical. Not, not too great. Topical Schwid. Yeah. Topical no, Schwid. I mean, y'all, yeah, no, I thought, I thought yeah. it was some mid, bro. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm pretty much in agreement. The only thing I'd add is like, I think it's, you're honestly better served just like reading about the story yeah. than. Bro, yeah. Or like making a documentary, bro. Like, yeah. to like make that, a that documentary about him at that yeah, point, bro. That would have been better off. Because it's yeah. just like, you know. I don't, I don't know if it's worth that. All, I feel so the, the best parts of this movie were when we just got to hear from the actual cowboys yeah, about their yeah. life. And and so, yeah, I thought the actual narrative stuff was and tended to be a little bit lacking. But sure. uh, before we end this episode, the last thing I'll say, we get a Fast and Furious mention in this film. Someone stop this man. And unwrap audience, unwrap audience. We're going to let a peek behind the scenes. These two capped on me with Snyder Cut. 
They capped on me with Godzilla versus Kong. We're going to start the public campaign now, public interest campaign for next week. Unwrap Fast Five 10-year anniversary. The campaign starts here. Let these people know. Get in the comments. Get in the mentions. And uh, and we'll try and get this thing, this thing locked in for next week. But that is all for this episode. Thank you for listening to Unwrap. My name is Rishi Raja Gopalan. You can find me on Twitter at Rishi Raja. R-A-S-H-I-R-A-J-A-H. I'm Ashwin Ramesh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashwin Ramesh99. Dude, I forgot my own. Yeah, I bro. forgot my own handle for a second. Let me, let me run that back. Let me run Ashwin's that back. actually <laughs> down bad, bro. Ashwin's, Ashwin's in his own headspace. My name's... What is what? I don't even know this man. It's, it's Ashwin Ramesh. You can follow me at Ashwin Ramesh ninety nine on Twitter. Bless. Ashwin, are you all right? Look One of the get. things we pride ourselves on really here at Unwrap is uh, is we show you everything. You I'm know, really you guys get the BTS. Him. What's up with this guy? You guys understand what's, what's going on emotionally, Ashwin? What's going on, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. We just I'm a little Let's bit out of in. touch. You know what I'm saying? It's been a, it's been a few weeks since we did this. You know, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm still half asleep from watching the movie, which put That's me to sleep true. multiple Schwin times. Took like six naps in the process of this. Hey, bro, we yeah. should mention, bro. Schwinn dropped another single. Featuring Karen Board, previous unwrapped guest. Hard to share, guys. I mean, I, I personally was was really in my field. So that's that's kind of why we had to take a week off. Amazing uh, animations. I was just kind of crying Thank in the you. shower. There's a great animated video that goes along with it. Um, you gotta check out Hard to Share. We'll link in the description, Spotify, YouTube, you know, check all that out. Uh, as far as Concrete Cowboy goes, as we've said in uh, you know, throughout this episode, this movie's very much based on real events. They're real people. Uh, and this is a real, you know, culture here. And we're going to link a couple of things in the description so you can read up a little bit more about the the real uh, Concrete Cowboys. The Fletcher Street Riders have a website where you can donate, uh, you know, to help them feed these horses, pay the rent, keep these stables open and uh, keep this culture alive. So cool. rate us, review us, let us know here or on socials what you thought of the episode and subscribe to know when we drop new episodes. We will see you next week. I came to rap it up, do my thing. Sabi put me on the gram and a remix thing. Pull tight Wiley with the Pacino flow. Godfather part two, call me De Niro. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin. Disrespect, man, get a slap on the chin. Man a king in a top, all Larry, man a big D.